Our personal finance expert, Hannah McQueen, is with us this morning from Enable Me. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning. Hey, a lot of people around the country at the moment are feeling a bit unsure when it comes to settling property. I know that uh, it feels like every week the advice on what interest rates are going to be doing over the medium term seems to change. But what is your advice for people who are feeling just a bit uncertain? Yeah, well, I guess the current environment doesn't make it a bad time to invest, but it does make it a bad time to invest poorly. Yeah. And there are five big risks when it comes to settling on investment property. And that is, uh, I guess, if we were to break them into five key categories, that the bank lending rules have changed between you going unconditional on the property and you settling. Yeah. Or property prices have fallen since you have purchased the property and settling, or the bill doesn't finish, or you can't get a tenant, or you can't settle. Those are kind of the main risks at the moment for people who might have bought a property last year but looking to settle on it this year. Yeah, yeah, it's that period between signing the contract, signing on the bottom line, and actually settling that um, can be very unsettling. That's right. And if that, if that gap is fairly close, like a couple of months or even possibly up to six months, then these risks might not even be relevant because you'll have a current yeah. pre-approval and you're fine. It's for people who have perhaps bought a property off the plan and it's been delayed in its settlement or it was intentional that it was going to take a while to settle. So the biggest risk there is that when you first got your pre-approval, the banks were testing perhaps on a 5% rate and now they're testing on an 8% rate. Yeah. So that means that what they said they were going to lend you, they might not be going to lend you at settlement. Now, if you've kept your pre-approval current, you should be okay. But I guess I can't kind of overemphasize you have got to be saving during that period to try and build in some buffers in case the banks don't lend as much. Yeah. Similarly, if the property value has dropped, they're going to lend 80% of the new property value, which will be some arbitrary valuer from a valuer, uh, valuation from a valuer. You can get another valuation. It will probably say something different. But the problem is that the banks will use that to determine their maximum lending. If that and if that's less than what you paid for it, and arguably what you paid for it is probably what it's worth, you know, because that's the latest purchase price for yeah. the property. Yeah. But then you could be stuck in that situation. So again, we've got to make sure your um, financial foundation is as strong as possible, that you're saving more and you're shopping around to different banks to understand all your lending options. And that might mean for a period of time, you've got to go to a non-bank lender so that you can close the deal if you need to. Right. I guess if we were projecting out property values, the, the increases we had kind of a year or two ago they were artificial, and as a result of all the stimulus going into the economy, it was not a legitimate property increase. So we've seen properties go up, and they've come back down to their 2020 levels, but if, which is fine, and they're still tracking kind of over the long term, still tracking up. But if you have bought a property last year, settling this year, it might not get to the value you purchased at for another year yeah. based on kind of the traditional property uh, growth. So. There's a period of time you've got to you've got to be, I guess, light on your feet and in a in a fighter's stance so that you can navigate that. Which and that navigation might include selling the property back to the developer or doing a contemporaneous settlement or holding for a period but looking to sell in the future. Mm. So, I guess what your strategy may have been 12 months ago when you have a headwind, you should be reassessing the strategy every six months for the changes in conditions and changes in things that you can't control. But in the meantime, make sure you maximise kind of your base, what you can control. You talked about shopping around the banks. 
How often is it that, that banks actually give you a meaningfully different either rate or terms on a mortgage? Uh, well, we canvass the market quite a lot for clients, um, often, because <laughs> we're not loyal yeah. to any particular bank. There can be a difference of 100 to $200,000 in what one bank might lend over another. The which, which is significant. That's not nothing. I mean, given the exactly. change, changing circumstances at the moment, that, that's substantial. Yeah. Well, it's substantial, and especially if your property has perhaps fallen by 50 grand, yeah. then that becomes the difference between you being able to close the property or, you know, to be able to settle on it right. or not yeah. and lose your deposit, right? So I think that you've got to understand uh, all options, and sometimes that's when a non-bank lending option might, for a period of six months, or even 12 months, be uh, an appropriate solution just mm. to buy you some time before you then refinance back to a normal bank. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. You, I know you, ha- you have to, you know, be prudent, especially if you're looking at those non-bank options, but um, that's some great advice. Thank you so much, Hannah. That's Hannah McQueen from Enable Me. You can find her, of course, at www.enable.me.